Welcome to the City Rev Life Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Roby, and we are continuing our conversation that we've been having for some time. This is part what, Roby? Part Part five. Part five. Mm -hmm. Part five. And we're having a conversation that we've titled Jesus and LGBTQ+. And this is an important dialogue that we want to make sure that you get the opportunity to start at the very beginning. So it's part five. Start at part one. Uh, you're jumping in midway yes. uh, to the conversation. And so maybe to set us up, Pastor Roby, can you give us a little bit of a recap of where we've been and how we've gotten to where we are in part five? Sure. And uh, just to emphasize that, um, I think it's important because these are kind of building on each other. And of course, this is a very important and sensitive conversation. And so here's kind of how we framed up in part one, we talked about just how much this needs to be in a context of love. This conversation and the nuances around um, uh, all the subject matter can and should happen in the context of love. So that that's what's important. This is what we're really talking about is not the macro conversation of LGBTQ+, plus the community and the surrounding discussion and culture and all that. That's not really, we're not talking the macro, we're talking like to individuals. So you may be someone who identifies with that community or someone who has a loved one that's identifies with that community. And we we're trying to just talk through how to approach that from a biblical and from a Christian perspective. And so for starters, that's out of love. Secondly, then we talked about the fundamental question is truth. Mm. Is truth found on the inside or is it found on the outside? Do we find outside truth and conform what's inside or an inside truth and conform what's outside to that? And we we picked uh, external truth, made an argument for external truth. There's an external truth and we conform inside to that. So then what is the external truth? And we talked about the Bible. Why why pick the Bible as an external source of truth? That's much debated. We don't want to take that for granted. So we talked about the essential core message of the Bible and how it is truly life-giving when it's understood. And then in the last episode, we talked about what then does the Bible actually say about this subject matter? What does it say about um, the things pertaining to uh, someone who would identify with the LGBTQ plus community? And and as we've been talking, what has been surfaced is that this is a very sensitive subject matter. And part of the reason it's so sensitive is that this, for many, is tied directly into their identity. And so, um, especially at times when people would see certain behaviors that the Bible does not condone, that is then received not as just simply corrective of behaviors, but some it can feel like an attack on someone's personhood and identity. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we really want to talk about is just the, the subject of identity, which is something that all of us wrestle with, all of us think about, not just as Christians, not just as moderns, but just throughout history, we wrestle with this subject matter of identity. Yeah, yeah. And identity, if you could just define it simply, what do we mean when we say identity? What are we talking about as we're trying to get a sense for what this is all? Yeah, having? so uh, it, that's a fair question. And it's it's com- complicated because we ha- there's this interplay in identity because identity is op- obviously someone's perspective of their own personhood. And, and yet there's this strong interplay between our own individualism and the community we're a part of. And right. so we we just can never completely separate mm-hmm. the fact that we have um, a, an individualistic perspective of ourselves 
and we need our community around us kind of affirming yeah. that. There's this interplay. So like, for example, maybe you've met someone that will say like, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks of me, you know, and, and then maybe you've heard them say that, but they keep saying it and they keep trying to prove that to you. And then you suddenly realize they care that you believe that they don't care what anyone thinks of them. And so sure. it almost betrays itself. And this can play out in, in many different ways. You know, I, I, I think about um, uh, all different examples. In fact, you are sharing an example from like yeah. a high school student. Yeah. So a high school student who really cares about expressing themselves, expressing their individuality. And oftentimes you'll see a high school student expressing their individuality by dressing just like their best friends or dressing <laughs> yeah. exactly like the group that they sit at the cafeteria table with. Right. And so this idea, identity is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. There's this interplay between how we view ourselves or maybe our internal feelings. Sure but also with the community we find ourselves in. Absolutely. And so this, this idea of who, who am I, and then my, my own personal view of myself, and then how that interplays with, uh, with those around us in community. And so this is, this is something that, you know, I think we could probably all identify with that, you know, adolescent when we're oh, yeah, walking I through. I had my own things that, you know, I was the sports baseball guy. So I bought the brands and wore the things and listened to the music that my buddies all listen yeah, to. Yeah, of course. Know? So there's, and I think that the danger is, I think we can't, we uh, we can't overly separate and miss the fact that there's that interplay with identity, both with how we view ourselves, but then how important it is that we have a community that affirms that and that interplay back and forth. The problem is if we anchor that identity to the wrong thing then that's when there's a breakdown and I, an identity breakdown is devastating to a human, whether they're an adolescent or an adult, mm -hmm. that, a sh that shaky identity, um, is, is, can be devastating. Yeah. And so that can play out in any kind of stage of life. Yeah. I think of professional athletes, it's like a common thread. The moment retirement yes. comes, they, some of them don't know what to do. They don't know who sure. they are. Their entire lives have been built on. I am an athlete. It's all they thought about, dreamed about, sure. did. And then retirement comes and slaps them in the face. And it's like, I don't even know who I am. Anymore. Sure. Uh, and I've seen that when in conversations with people in all types of, of retirement, you know? Sure. Um, and so, yeah, so there's this, there's this interplay and um, uh, of community and identity, and we can build our identity on, um, a relationship. We can build an identity on achievement. We can build identity on personal uh, people approving of our personal beauty or our personal popularity or power or wealth. I mean, there's unlimited number of things that someone here on earth can anchor their identity and then looks to the people around them, peers, colleagues, family members, friends, affirming that, or even a, a social social media community, a digital community, approving and affirming that identity. Mm -hmm. There's this interplay between them, but that is, it can be very shaky ground. Yeah. And so I, I think of an example that maybe you've seen before, um, someone maybe who's a, a, a successful high school athlete, but that's where that peaked. You know, they, they didn't go on from high school. 
um, for, for athletics, and that happens to many, many people, um, m- most of us who played in high school. Um, however, you can see someone whose identity never graduates past that. Mm. And so they're even a grown adult still living in the glory years of when they were 16, 17, 18. That's a breakdown. You know, there's more to their life than just those things. And so the Bible speaks to that in a profound way. The Bible speaks to where our identity is, and there's so much in the Bible that helps reframe our sense of identity in a way that is so healing, so stable, so profound that um, every one of us are drawn to it. Mm. And, and, And understanding what the Bible speaks to about our identity and every one of us, no matter what our background is, and, and that's the, the idea of, the, of a Christian community, when authentically operating correctly, it's people coming from all different types of backgrounds, but are finding this, uh, this, uh, this identity that has been bestowed upon them from a much more stable place. Yeah. So where might you point us to biblically that really captures this view of our sense of self, identity, where it comes from? Sure. I, I think there's many, many passages, and um, I, I think conceptually it comes from this place that God is ultimately the one speaking our identity over us. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a friend group. It's not an earthly parent. It's not a spouse. It's not social media. Mm-hmm. All of those things are unstable and fickle like they change they're shifting tossing waves they're shifting sands but what god almighty says over us could not be the could there's nothing more profound than that because when you think of when god says something when we declare something we're describing reality when god declares something according to genesis 1 he's creating reality Mm -hmm. he speaks and light exists and so with that kind of authority god has spoken an identity over each one of us in christ that identity is we are sons and daughters of almighty god Mm. and there's a particular passage that i think deals with this it's in colossians 3 i think you've got it pulled up can you just read the beginning of colossians 3 justin sure it says if then you have been raised with christ Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you shall also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. He then gives a a list right after that of the various things that we do that are earthly earthly yeah (laughs) Yeah. and ungodly but what's so profound about that i mean we could spend hours talking about just those few verses but he says our life which is christ Mm. and and where is christ and we've we've we're jesus has saved us he died on the cross to pay for all of our sins past present future he rose again and when we get baptized, we're being buried with him and being raised with him or symbolic of that reality. And so it says, you, Christ, who is your life? Where is Christ? He's seated at the right hand of God. And so we, we get our life when it's anchored and, and set on Jesus Christ, we realize we are sons and daughters of almighty God. Mm. 
And that's not then this license to go do whatever we want. No, he actually says, put to death what's earthly. So all of us yeah. leave that stuff behind. Therefore, put to death, therefore, yeah, because of who you because are. Because of that identity. And so we, but we find our that reality. So there's a, a, a theologian, uh, Herman Ritterboss, that used these grammatical uh, terms to help us understand our identity. And he talked about the, the um, indicative and the imperative. In- indicative... Um, verbs would say, say things that are, imperative says things that we're commanded to do. And often the world will start with the imperative. Because I do these things, I am this. Because I accomplish these things, I am successful. Because I act like this, I belong to this community. I, I, am, I, I belong, I am accepted. But the gospel flips it on its head. It starts with the indicative. This is who I am. Mm. Before I deserved it, and I'll never deserve it. God declares me his son and daughter. He declares me um, washed clean. And because of that declaration, then comes the imperatives. It starts the indicative and flows into the imperative. Because I'm, I am in Christ, because my identity is he loves me and is protective over me as a son and daughter, mm. uh, as a son or daughter, he, because of that reality in Christ, that is who I am. That's a stable declaration over me no one can take that away from Mm -hmm. me i belong to god he loves me he accepts me and now he's leading me out of where he found me Mm -hmm. and he's leading me to then live out that identity as a son or a daughter and that gives me stable a stable identity and so a christian community then when operating properly and it doesn't we don't Mm -hmm. always do this what we're doing is it's not the identity that we're affirming in each other. Oh, you're valuable to me because this or that. We can encourage and affirm one another, but ultimately we are affirming the identity God has given over us that is unchanging. Mm-hmm. And so we we are coming together to affirm that you are a son and daughter and nothing changes that um, because of the work that God has done. And then we encourage each other to be continue mm-hmm. to be conformed to the image of Jesus. We're becoming more like Jesus and we're encouraging each other to do that. And, mm-hmm. and all of us are, are in process um, uh, living out that identity. That's beautiful. And that image of how our identity works, what God offers to us through Jesus in terms of how he sees us and how he wants us to see ourselves, then that flows into the way that we live. And that's different. And, and maybe just, can you just draw out succinctly Contrast that with what you were describing earlier, which is how you build your identity based on um, the way you talked about it was the the imperative or the if you could just distinguish maybe the person who um, is listening to this, regardless of whether, whether it's building it on success. In what way is the gospel identity different than that? Type sure. Of- yeah, absolutely. So to just play this out and then bring it back to our subject with um, uh, the LGBTQ plus community and the surrounding subject matter. Um, so let's say uh, a mom builds her identity, and dads can do this too, but just for sake of our argument, a mom is building her identity as a mom. Well, that is, you know, I do this, therefore I am a good mom. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it feels right because she has this inner drive to love on her kids and she wants her kids to be successful. But then she disproportionately maybe reacts to the rise and fall of her kids and the success and failure of her kids, which then puts too much pressure on that relationship. And one day when that child wants independence, 
that's a crushing blow and she's left with without wondering what her identity is right. if, if now that 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 child's um uh, relationship is not first and foremost with a parent but now with this with a, mm. a spouse that's crushing and that puts fr fr um, friction on that relationship mm -hmm. that would be an unstable place but commonplace to put an identity Let's say a, a man, and again, we're just using this as a, hypothetic, a, a hypothetical, a man or a woman could be in this place, but let's say they build their identity on success. So they're saying, I am successful, maybe because of the position I have, or the size of the company I run, or the amount of money I make, and mm -hmm. so then they're comparing themselves to other people, and they have colleagues that they want to, them to look up to. But one day, there's someone else that comes up that's more successful, makes more money, has a bigger company, and then they're, they're struggling with their identity, or they retire and they're struggling with their identity. Um, that can then create unstable ground. Mm -hmm. So maybe someone is saying, I'm finding my identity on my sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so then maybe they're saying, I, I'm finding my identity in, with this within this group of the LGBTQ plus community, mm -hmm. which is often what happens. Well, that um, at first may seem right and it seems appropriate, and that's maybe initially affirmed, but uh, that's putting a lot of pressure on people around you to consistently affirm that identity. And when those, and, and no human being is perfect. And so if that community ever fails to support and lift up that identity for you, then that will be crushing because that's been built up on that identity. Not to mention there are things that are more true about a person beyond just their sexuality in the same way there's something more there's more truths about a person than than just their success at business there's things more true about someone than just how they raise kids it doesn't take the fullness of someone's personhood mm -hmm. into account and so when we look at things on earth to anchor identity to we're taking a slice of our life and maximizing it to something ultimate. And there's mm -hmm. truer, more stable things, not only about who we are, mm -hmm. we're more than just that, um, but there's, there's, uh, that's putting too much pressure on a community to affirm that. Yeah. And so the greatest thing we could do is step into the identity that God, who spoke the universe into existence, mm -hmm. speaks over us. There's nothing more solid, rock solid, than stepping into the identity that God says about who we are. Mm -hmm. Beloved, cl washed, clean, forgiven sons and daughters, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that he is called um, to walk with him. Uh, that is a profound identity that envelops all of us and affects all of our personhood. And to walk in that and let that let him um, deepen that identity and make us into the image of Christ. That is the that's that's really the identity we were yeah. ultimately destined for. Yeah, and all the other things that we might long for, they're just hints to us that we there's someone that we were made to find that satisfaction in. There's someone yes. that was there's someone that made us that we were designed to find our identity in Him. Right, and and, and I would just add, yeah. like just specifically with this subject matter, when the Bible challenges some of our behaviors, no matter what it is, challenges some of our behaviors, at times that is challenging what we formerly anchored our identity to. Yeah. And in part, it's because God is calling us to anchor our identity to something far more stable and profound. Yeah. And so um, if someone is listening through this and it's challenging if it's feeling like a rejection of their personhood, 
it, it's the scripture is not rejecting a person. It's actually calling someone to anchor their personhood to something so much more affirming, so much more accepting, so much more profound, so much more stable, rock solid. I mean, what could be more rock solid than being accepted as a child of God and letting that, letting that play out in their life? Yeah. And when we do that, no matter what happens in our life, no matter if the people around us reject us, uh, no matter if we go through a rough season uh, where we get disappointed or, or maybe the people that we thought should be most loving and caring fail, uh, nothing, nothing, no one can get in the way or rob us of what God has said is true and what he's declared about us. It's a, it's a foundation that can't be shaken. And so we hope that this conversation has been helpful. This has um, described just the, the view, the identity that the scriptures offer to anyone who is in Christ. And this is his invitation to you. And so uh, we're going to continue the conversation soon. But for now, we'll see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.